most people who are looking at how consciousness is related to the physical world, like our brain, are assuming that somehow the physical world is primary. It's the source of all cause and effect in reality. And therefore, <clears throat> consciousness is an effect of physical causes, presumably neural activity in the brain, for example, <clears throat> but maybe also computer activity in a artificial intelligence that's sufficiently complicated. And my, my take is that our best science today, quantum field theory, Einstein's theory of gravity, and evolution by natural selection, all three of our best scientific theories today are telling us that space-time is not fundamental, and that physical objects in space-time are not fundamental reality. And science is good enough, our best scientific theories are good enough to tell us where they stop, but they're not good enough, of course, to tell us what's beyond. That's up to us as creative scientists to try to guess what is a deeper theory of reality that goes beyond space and time, but when we project it back into space and time, that deeper reality needs to look like gravity and quantum field theory and evolution by natural selection. And so basically what I'm saying is that my, my brilliant colleagues, and these are my friends, they're, they're brilliant, I'm not, they're not putting them down in any way, but when they assume that physical objects like neurons or computing systems cause consciousness, I think that they're running against what our best scientific theories are telling us. They're telling us space-time is doomed, we need a deeper notion of reality. And, and for most science, it's no problem to work in space-time, but when we're dealing with consciousness, the fiction that physical objects have genuine causal powers, which is a useful fiction most of the time. For everyday neuroscience, it's a very useful fiction. I use it myself. But for consciousness, that's when the fiction comes back to bite you. And just, just a quick idea, if you're playing a virtual reality game, like Grand Theft Auto, but in a VR souped up multiplayer version. It's a perfectly useful fiction to think that the steering wheel causes the car to move around to the left or to the right and so forth. That's perfectly harmless fiction. But if you're a software engineer looking to upgrade the actual software that runs the, the program, that fiction, if you were stuck in that fiction, you would not be equipped to do the upgrade that you needed. In other words, if you're trying to look at the reality outside the headset, you can't just live with the notion of cause and effect inside the headset. You actually have to expand your horizons to understand a deeper notion of cause and effect. And that's what I claim we have to do with consciousness. It's useful most of the time to talk about physical objects as though they have causal powers, perfectly harmless. But when it comes to consciousness, it's the single big obstacle that's stopping progress in its tracks. Uh -uh. Don't touch that dial. Don't click it. Too late. I got you now. KFUK Austin and Tom Friedley's Radio Zeitgeist.
James Howard Kunstler, Tom Friedley, the Clusterfuck Nation Zeitcast, again, only on Radio Zeitgeist. Of course, Radio Zeitgeist being your stop for the art of critical thinking in an age of too much information. At Radio underscore Tom on Twitter, the Radio Zeitgeist on Facebook, uh, Radio Zeitgeist on Getter, G-E-T-T-R dot com, the Twitter alternative. Speaking of Twitter, Elon Musk, you go. Look for him on a future Radio Zeitgeist. Uh, not tomorrow. Just uh, stay tuned. Easiest thing always. Twitter um, that Elon is going to fix for us, I think. At Radio underscore Tom. I am. We are there on Twitter. Jim's genius. My cold read. Let's take it on this morning on the Clusterfuck Nation Zeitcast. You've been misinformed. Jim begins, half the nation doesn't believe anything it is told by those in authority, and the other half revels in its reckless abuse of authority. Isn't it obvious by now that pervasive dishonesty is the foremost crisis of many crises in Western civilization generally? In American life in particular, all our authorities have made themselves false, lying their way into the broad collapse of confidence that drives a nation towards some culminating horror show of strife and loss. The go-to lever of concerted mindfuckery has been the term-of-art misinformation applied especially to things and propositions that are truthful, thereby confounding the public's ability to discern truth in anything or to discover how they are being misled in matters of life and death. We've allowed the worst in human nature to disgrace ourselves. Satan, father of lies, is Western civilization's paragon of disgrace. And so American life appears more and more satanic and disgraceful. Jim continues, all this was epitomized in the operation of Twitter, the cheerful little bluebird of social messaging, which evolved in a very few years into an instrument of coercion, punishment, deception, and lying, until it became clear that Twitter's misinformation was misinformation itself. Half the nation doesn't believe anything it is told by those in authority, and the other half revels in its reckless abuse of authority. And so, it's refreshing to see one Elon Musk act to seize control of this satanic vector of disgrace. Mr. Musk appears motivated to defeat the culture of lying by restoring open debate in the ubiquitous online public arena. It's a heroic deed. But... You see, it's not merely Twitter's management or its biggest shareholders that Mr. Musk is messing with, but malign forces in the U.S. government which have surreptitiously taken control of Twitter and other social media to work its will on events. Tom edits, of course, the National Security Administrative State. Dismantle it. All right, moving on. If you don't know that Twitter, Facebook, and Google are proxies serving the U.S. intel community, then you have not been paying attention, Jim writes. Using Twitter to impose that culture of pervasive dishonesty in public chatter is what gave permission for all others to follow the script. Medicine has succeeded completely in disgracing and destroying itself by lying about everything connected to COVID-19 from its origins to the insanely outlawed treatments for it, to the harmful actions of the vaccines, to the hidden data that might tell us the results of all that lying. Twitter set the tone for that with its censorship policies. Anyone who suggested that lockdowns, masking, remdesivir protocols, and vaccine mandates violated common decency was tossed out of the arena, often with added punishment of losing a career, a professional license, a livelihood, 
in having to endure the betrayal of colleagues cowed into silence. Twitter also enabled the suicide of higher education, which has succumbed to a plague of Jacobin craziness that would embarrass the inmates of an old-time locked ward. The failure of authority on campus is cosmic. Can you name a single college president who has raised a voice against such manifest idiocy as men competing in women's sports? The invention of ersatz fields of study, the resegregation of dormitories and graduation ceremonies, the shouting down of invited lecturers, the persecution of free-thinking faculty, the kangaroo courts for sex disputes, and a hundred other violations of intellect and decency? All this coerced insanity has been nurtured by social media's sly mechanisms for bending narrative into propaganda, their beloved algorithms, all fine-tuned to destroy anything that touches on truth. The result is a country so marinated in falsehood that it can't construct a coherent consensus of reality and can't take coherent actions to avert its own collapse. Mighty forces are marshalling to prevent Elon Musk from buying up Twitter stock and taking the company private. BlackRock, Vanguard, the Prince Regent of Saudi Arabia are all principal stockholders in Twitter, with gazillions in capital to theoretically match and overcome Mr. Musk's moves. Meanwhile, the Tesla boss maintains a prankish self-confidence in this exploit, offering cryptically comic jibes to a news media that is openly vested in opposing him. You have to suppose that he's gamed out the gamble. He's looking like someone who has dealt out a hand of cards aiming to shoot the moon. The prospect of an open public arena for ideas is exhilarating all of a sudden, considering how the information stream got hijacked in service to the wicked. It's fun to see their tortured causatry as they plead for, quote, content moderation, the phrase du jour for censorship, as if it were a good thing rather than the opposite of anything good. This feels like the beginning of something positive after a long siege of political degeneracy. Let the sun shine in to disinfect the arena. Cast the demons back into darkness. You go, Elon. I'm into that, says Tom Friedley for Radio Zeitgeist.